0: We, we kicked off our new series on on faith and hope um, last week, and Joe gave us a fantastic intro, introductory talk, really, of exploring what these two big Goliath words mean. And sort of maybe giving us more questions than answers, which is a good thing, I think. It left me with a lot to chew on. Um, and this week, we're sort of delving into hope a little bit more and hope as expectation, as it says up there. And yeah, hope is one of those words, isn't it? That um, as a Christian and in Christian life, it's just everywhere, isn't it? It's in songs, it's in scripture, it's, it's a word we use a lot in like just every day. It's a word we use to pray. Um, we write, hope, a shed load we, um, we name our kids hope. I've not spotted any of our hopes today. Have we got, yes. Have we got, ah oh, yes. Oh, and Rustelle, give me your hand in the air. Yes, hope. We've got two hopes in the room. Um, but what does it mean? Like, What does this word hope mean? And it's, it, to be honest, it is a bit of a hard one to like give a, a super clear, concise definition. So I'm not gonna bother. Um, really, (laughs) like, there's no point, is there? But I wonder if it's sort of, hope is a word that invokes feeling more than it does sort of like definition in our brain, it's, is it a noun, is it a verb, do we even care, like, what is this word hope, how do we relate to this word hope, what does hope evoke in us, you, like, what does that word even do to you, does it stir something in your heart? Are there like memories, or are there dreams, are there expectations, using that word up there, that come to mind when you think about the word hope? Yeah, I don't have an answer. That's for you, really. Um, There are three words of hope in in scripture, in Bible. Um, I've totally nabbed this off the Bible project video. I'm not gonna sort of repeat it and claim it as my own, so go and watch it and it'll give a better explanation. But these are the sort of highlights. There's two, there's two Hebrew words, there's one Greek word. Um, the Hebrew word of yachal means to wait or to be patient. The Hebrew word of kavah means cord. It is a feeling of tension and expectation while waiting for something to happen. And then a peace which is the Greek word, so found in New Testament. It means expectation, again, trust and confidence. It comes from the root word, elpo, which means to anticipate, and in brackets, I love that bit, with pleasure. So it is something to look forward to. And actually, last week, if you were here, Tilly asked us right at the beginning of the gathering to turn to the person next to us and say, what are you looking forward to this year? And I I turned to David Rimmer, Who I was sat with, and I said, "I'm looking forward to looking forward to things," and it doesn't. I mean, it it, it doesn't really make sense, that does it? But like, I wasn't thinking too deeply about it. But I am looking forward to looking forward to things this year. I'm looking forward to weddings of of friends and family. I'm looking forward to going to some sporting events, and you know, maybe a holiday. And I'll I look forward to those things, but I won't put my hope in those things. Two reasons, really. A is those are, like, good things. I'll enjoy them, Um, but they won't give me true hope. They won't lead to true hope. They won't give me true life. They might be joyous occasions, um, but they won't be true joy. And I guess the second reason as well is, like, they might not even be that enjoyable. (laughs) I can't trust that they'll be great. Um, I hope they are. Well, maybe not hope i look forward to them i desire to them to be enjoyable um but yeah it might not happen like this and they might not even happen in the in in the first place and we know that too well don't we of things just being like taken from us at late notice in the past two years um And then I started to think about, like, the world, and I think, like, the world, I think there's maybe more hopelessness about at the moment than there is hope. And uh, even if there is hope, it's maybe in the wrong things or the wrong people, and it doesn't lead to true hope. That's not where true hope is. Um, I'm not going to go into this too much, because next week, we'll be diving into this topic a little bit further but I'll I'll just sort of give a bit of a headline of there's all sorts of things that we can put our hope in anything really it could be relationships we might put hope in careers or job prospects it might be retirement <laughs> I don't know if anybody's thinking of a retirement yet but like It's always dubbed as something glorious, isn't it? So maybe some of us are already hoping for that. Um, Hope of children. A hope of good grades. We're in the midst of, well, exams start tomorrow. Maybe we're putting hope in our study, in our academia, in our good grades, and what comes from that. Maybe we're putting hope in knowledge. Hope in a bigger house, in politics. Good luck. Um putting hope in vaccines. And for some people putting their hope not in vaccines, putting hope in a COVID-free world. And that's where we'll find hope is when COVID's over. And if, and if we're saying hope, hoping is to wait patiently, then if that is where we're putting our hope, while well, strapping, strapping for a lifetime, VIP seat in the waiting room of disappointment, <laughs> because that, those things will ultimately lead to that thing. And I, I grew up with someone who, who put all their hope, all their hope in a single individual, somebody that they believed in and had faith in them in their desperate hour. They put so much hope in this person that, to be honest, it started becoming a bit like a, a catchphrase. So, so this is the person I grew up with. Um, as a lad... <laughs> I was a proper Star Wars fanboy. I've got no shame. I don't mind it now, to be honest. Um, and <laughs> in preparing this talk and having the word hope in my mind all the time, I just couldn't get the scene out of my head. And I was like, you know what? That might be inspiration from God, or it might be just, you know, my childhood memories coming back. But I'll use it anyway. And, um,. Context right, if, you don't, if hands up who doesn't recognize this scene and don't know what the heck I'm on about. Whoa, that's actually way more than I was expecting. All right, context is important here, everybody. Um, so if you don't know what's going on, this hologram figure is Princess Leia. God rest your soul. And um, she, she has recorded a message. She's recorded a message, hoping, hoping, using that word, um, hoping it'll find its way to this old man here, Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi, a name that he's not heard in a long time, and um, (laughs) it's basically a distress message, asking for help from Obi Wan Kenobi. All right, and this line of Obi Wan Kenobi. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You are my only hope. It's sent to Obi-Wan. All of her hope is in Obi-Wan Kenobi. All the hope that she has left, she's just getting captured by the Empire. She didn't know it yet, but her home planet's going to get destroyed by the Death Star. Nightmare. So, all of her hope, anything that she's got left within her, she sent it putting her hope in obi-wan she's not sent this message to a load of people across the galaxy she sent it to one person that she knows who might be able to help her that she hopes will save her in a desperate hour she's put all of her hope eggs in the hope basket of obi-wan kenobi and um it's it's a ridiculous comparison I know that, it is daft. But uh, it's an example of what happens when we put our hope in people or things that just aren't fit fit for the job. Obi-Wan Kenobi can't be (laughs) that hope for her. He even says it himself. He's like, I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. Even him's like, I'm not cut up for this anymore. That's why he ropes in young Luke Skywalker with him and the rest of his history. But what's my point here? And apologies if that reference has totally gone over your head, but thanks for letting me indulge myself in a bit of Star Wars. Um, But my point is, crudely put, that Jesus is our hope. (laughs) That Jesus is the only thing, he's the only person who is able, whose very purpose it is to be the hope of the world. Jesus takes that mantle. He takes that responsibility. He takes it on gladly to be that hope for us so that we don't have to rely on other things or other people. It's why the psalmist in Psalm 39 verse 70 writes, And so, Lord, and so, Lord, where do I put my hope, my only hope? is in you my only hope is in you we can expect hope in the person and the name of jesus and to to no surprise there's loads of this there's bucket loads of this in the new testament and particularly paul's letters and i love paul's letters right i'm going to stall a little bit see if we can get the slides up that's all right if not Um, I love Paul's letters, right, because he is writing to the early church. And I don't know about you, but it's so easy to think that the early church have it all together because, like, they're there on the ground, like, basically living the same paths, same tracks that Jesus did. And they're, like, so close to Jesus, so much so that, like, they did life, like, together as humans. And we're like, oh, man, early church have it sorted. But no, they needed Paul to write letters to them and be like, now let me teach you this, or like, let me tell you about this, let me encourage you in this way. So I find it fantastic that we get to read these letters that Paul sends to the early church, the experts, they're not, to us, the church today, again, n- not the experts, but we get to drink from the same sort of encouragement, drink from the same teaching and truth that Paul writes. Anyway, that's all right. Right, if you want to join me, get your Bibles open and we'll jump around a little bit, all right? The first one's Colossians 1, 27. To be honest, I might not even wait for you. If you're really quick, keep up. If you can't, I'll try and say it clearly. (laughs) So we've got Colossians 1, verse 27. And Paul writes, to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, the unbelievers, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God has made known this mystery, this word that I can't define. He made known this mystery of hope. It's no longer a concept or a floating around nice idea. Hope is in Christ. Christ is in you. Christ is in me. Christ is in us. That's what Paul's saying. The hope of glory is in us. That hope is the hope of eternal life. The hope of certainty, of love. It's the hope of freedom. The glory of God is in Christ, it says, who is in us. The hope of glory, Christ is in us. We can access hope because of Christ. Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope, By the power of the Holy Spirit. God is a God of hope. God is a God of hope. How does that shape the way we pray to him? How does that change how we interact with the God of hope and his scriptures? How does that truth affect how we worship him? I think it looked a little bit like what happened before. We worship in a way that we know that you, God, are a God of hope. When we are filled with joy and peace by the God of hope, it's then no surprise we overflow with that hope so that others experience and see God. They get to see God, the God that we follow, the God that we trust and love, the God that we serve is a God of hope. Um, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Sorry, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has given us a new birth. Our old lives have died, and we are made new through Jesus. That's what happens when we say yes to Jesus. That's what happens when we say, actually, God, I, tr- I, actually, I actually trust who you say you are. Oh, lovely stuff. Thank you, guys. And he invites us into new life. He's saying, you don't have to follow the old ways. Come into the new life with me. We've got baptisms coming up in a few weeks. That is baptisms in a nutshell. If you've not been baptized, but you're like, yeah, I believe all that sort of stuff. I want to turn away from that life and go into the new life. I'd love to chat to you afterwards. Our new life brings us into a living hope. It's amazing, isn't it? This type of hope isn't something we have to try and sort of like pull out of the passages of scripture and to be like, oh, where the heck is the hope in this thing? Like, where is it? We don't have to conjure it up like some sort of special potion and some special moments. Our hope is living. It's a living hope. It's active rather than dormant. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive. I mean, do, you, do, you, do we understand that? Do we understand that our hope is alive? The resurrection of Jesus means our hope in him is totally trustworthy because of what he did on the cross and how he defeated death. Our hope we can hope in Jesus because of that act that he did for us. Um, 1 Timothy, 1 verse 1. This is Paul starting his letter. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. This is right at the start of this letter. 1 Timothy 1, verse 1. Fun to say. His first line to Timothy, and he's making sure he's giving all the glory to God, first and foremost, before writing anything else. But also, he's identifying himself, a bit like a signature, you know, like this letter's from Paul. He's identifying himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus, our hope. Our hope. Not Paul from Tarsus, not Paul the tent maker. He's received that new life that I was talking about into that living hope. So his identity is now under that. He gets to say, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, our hope. Christ Jesus being our hope. So it's not Luke Sadler born in Wales. It's not Luke Sadler Student Worker of open, open Heaven Church, but it's Luke Sadler, a disciple of Christ Jesus, who is our hope. That's just a few. I could have picked more, but thank God, like genuinely thank God, that we don't have to depend on ourselves for being that hope we desperately need. There's a stack load of stuff, isn't there, about sort of, Um, self-help and and self-care some of it I'm sure is fantastic but for me personally I know I can't put that hope in myself I can't hope in myself and my humanness I need the help I need to hope in a person of hope who is hope of someone who is above me who is stronger than me who I know who I can depend on who is consistent that is different to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ is that hope for me. And this this type of hope when we have it in Jesus it doesn't it doesn't stay hidden in us. It's more it's it's more than just like an assurance. It's more than a sense of security or, or comfort and a nice thing to feel like oh yeah I've got hope in my life. It demands sort of more of us. Again Paul this time writing To the church of Ephesus in Ephesians 4 verse 4 he writes, For there is one body and one spirit, just as as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, that's your second reminder, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul here, he, he's linking our hope with our calling. The body that he's referring to, that's his United Church, capital C, Church of the World. This is the calling from God to be in relationship with him and to live in kingdom life. Hope is a factor that unites us into that one body. And our calling that Paul is linking here, of of hope for the future, is taking off pessimism, of cynicism, of despair, and it's taking on, it's it's turning to confidence, to brightness, to optimism, to have a, a positive, optimistic life filled with endless possibilities because of the unique hope that we receive and we can expect in life here now but also beyond the grave as well. We have been given this hope. It's a gift for us through the person of Jesus. So God help us not have heavy hearts, to have hardened heart but soften our hearts to receive your hope again soften our hearts to receive the gift of hope again um over the christmas break i can't remember which date it was now but desmond Tutu passed away didn't he but and i came across one of his quotes and he said hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness and With Christmas just gone, we know that Jesus, he is the light of the world. He is that ultimate light. He is that ultimate hope of the world. Not the world just of the Christmas story, but our world now. What we can touch and see around us, that light is for our world now. So our hope then should not be some sort of fleeting, wishy-washy, Dreams based on sentimentality, for the solid realities of God and His Word and what Scripture says. Our hope flows from Jesus, who Himself is hope. And therefore, no darkness, no amount of hopelessness around us will ever distinguish our fight for light and hope. Hope is our response to His work in us, expressed through trust and patience and endurance and, and that eagerness to continue. It requires time. Hoping in Jesus requires time. And that word patience, it requires faith. Again, that word faith. And it requires the body, the church of Christ. It requires one another. I can't do this hoping alone, guys. I hope you can't either. Hope motivates us to move in a certain direction and do certain things. A hopeful direction and hopeful things.